What an exciting and expectant time it is here at Servants of Christ. Being baptized at Easter is an ancient Christian tradition, and last week we got to experience that with the baptism of Anna and her son Parker. How exciting. And just as a side note, since I like St. Saint, Saint Augustine, Today is the anniversary of when St. Augustine was baptized during the Easter vigil that would happen tonight in the year 387. So um, today I'm going to be focusing on the readings from Job and from John and the disciples and Thomas. I think they have a good lesson of some things in common about being open and responsive to new information and God's bringing healing, reconciliation, and restoration. Let us pray. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts and minds of your people, and may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the 1970s, there was a brutal dictator in Uganda, Africa. He was routinely referred to as a gangster or president or Africa's Hitler. His name was Idi Amin, and he had killed as many as a half million of his fellow citizens during the eight year of his reign. In 1977, Festo Kivangiri and the Archbishop were, spoke publicly against the brutality and they emphasized how precious life was. Following that, the Archbishop was tortured and shot. Bishop Kivangiri fled with his family to Rwanda and then to Kenya. But within the year, he wrote a book titled I love Idi Amin. What an amazing testament Kevin Jerry gave us for reconciliation and healing rather than hate and anger. Kevin Jerry wrote, the Holy Spirit showed me that I was getting hard in my spirit, that my hardness and bitterness toward those who were persecuting us could only bring spiritual loss. So I had to ask for forgiveness from the Lord and grace to learn to love Edie I mean more. We too need God's grace to help us heal and forgive. In the prayers of the people, we pray for those who are persecuted and for those who persecute others that their hearts may be turned to the Lord. Well, Kevin Jerry was known to be a great storyteller, and this was a favorite story of his. A little girl was playing, and she stopped playing and looked at her mother working, and she asked her mother, Mama, I play hard all day long. You work hard all day long. What does God do all day long? Tough question, huh? So the mother sent her out to pray, pray, play a little bit more while she prayed <laughs> to how to answer. 
She called her daughter back in after a while, and she said, you play hard all day long. I work hard all day long, and God mends broken things. That seems like a good way of putting it. What do you think? Does God spend his day mending broken things? We certainly have many broken things here in our world. Broken relationships, our environment, systems and institutions that have failed us. We long for healing. We seek reconciliation and a desire to reconnect in our brokenness. And we hope for a full restoration. In today's scriptures, we see some examples of how God is reaching out and how people are open and responsive to God's revelation to them to bring about healing, reconciliation, and restoration. In Job, we see that he speaks with humility. He recognizes his partial understanding. Job was open to God and responsive to the new information. Job said, I've uttered what I didn't understand, things too wonderful me, wonderful for me, which I did not know. I had heard of you from the hearing of the ear, but now my eye sees you. Therefore, I despise myself and repent in dust and ashes. Just prior to the scripture that we read, God had given a long revelation to Job about, where were you when I created the world? Where were you when I put the animals in the sea? Where were you when I created the trees and the animals on the land? And Job recognized the majesty of God and his insignificance. Job spoke from what he had previously heard, but now from what had been revealed to him. The Lord, after our reading today, the Lord instructs his friends to offer a sacrifice and ask Job to pray for them because the Lord will accept Job's prayer because the friends have not spoken of what was right as my servant Job has. The Lord restores the fortunes of Job and Job prays for his friends. Job was open to what God revealed to him and responded He recognized God's majesty and his insignificance. Fellowship was restored between Job and God and between Job and his family and friends. The process of reconciliation and reconnecting began and the relationships were restored. It began with Job's humility. I wonder what healing and reconciliation I miss out on because of my pride. In our family, there are two, we had two brothers who lived into their 80s. 
And somewhere in their 30s or 40s, they had a conflict with one another, and they stopped speaking to each other until the oldest one died. And they lived a mile from each other on the same dirt road. How sad it is that they never returned to experience the brotherly love and joy that they could have had. I think that grieves God grieved God's heart. I pray that my pride will not hinder me from being open to what God calls me to do. May we be open and responsive to God's calling in our lives. Now let's look at Thomas. Like Job, Thomas initially speaks from what he's heard from the disciples. They told him they had seen Jesus, but he doesn't believe. Later, he speaks from what he's seen and believes. In some ways, it's similar to last week when the disciples didn't remember the women. John and Peter ran to the tomb to see the empty tomb for themselves. I cut the disciples some slack. They were scared and confused. They had locked themselves in a room for fear of the Jews. Thomas really wasn't so different from the disbelief that they had. Times of uncertainty and change are difficult. Remember, the readings that we're reading today of the disciples happened on Resurrection Day. It was just three days earlier when Jesus was killed. And then eight days, eight days later when Thomas is present with the disciples. The disciples' world was turned upside down. Transitions are tough. We know that individually and as a body of believers. The disciples were in the midst of a huge, earth-shattering transition. We've experienced that moving to this building. There's upcoming change with the the school building, the new gym, and the changing traffic patterns and other adjustments we might have to be, might have to make. The transitions involved in the election of a new bishop. All of these things can be unsettling. But with the stabilizing presence of God and making the journey together as a community, we can emerge as faithful followers and with stronger bonds of fellowship. We adopted all of our children, and the first three we adopted as a sibling group. So we developed a transition plan. It was the end of May, and Bob was teaching, and I was working in my contract. I had about two weeks left of work. So we sat down with the caseworker and the uh, foster mother and worked out a plan of gradually the kids spending more time with us and less time with their foster fam family. And we thought that was a good plan, so we started implementing that plan. Well, about two visits into that plan, we realized this wasn't working. The kids would cry when they left us, the kids would cry when they left their foster mother. It was too much changing back and forth. So 
with that new information <laughs> in response, we humbled ourselves and said, we need to make up another plan. So we got together, and fortunately, the foster mother wasn't working at the time. So the kids moved in with us a little earlier than we expected and stayed at our house, but the foster mother would come and take care of the kids at our house so they had the stability of the same house and got to see their foster mother and, and for those next couple weeks. That worked a whole lot better. Jesus tried to prepare the disciples for his death. He tried to warn them and prepare them. But the, the apostles were in disarray. Their world was turned upside down. This is not what they wanted. The transforming work of the Holy Spirit was just beginning. beginning. So let's cut them some slack. So Resurrection Day, the disciples are all gathered except for Thomas, and they were locked in the room, and Jesus shows up and he says, peace be with you. Jesus shows them their, his hands and his side, and the disciples are glad to see him. He commissions them for a task. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. And he talks to them about forgiveness. Jesus breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Jesus gave them a mission and empowers them with the Holy Spirit. The resurrection transformation that Father Alex mentioned last week was just beginning. Thomas wasn't there, but the disciples tell Thomas about seeing Jesus. And Thomas says, unless I see and I touch I will never believe. Then eight days later, Thomas is present with the disciples and Jesus appears again saying, peace be with you. He invites Thomas to come and touch and see his scars. Jesus invites Thomas to believe. Jesus seems to know that Thomas had doubts and needed assurance and confirmation, Jesus gave Thomas what he needed to believe, seemingly ungrudgingly. What questions and doubts do we have? From this example with Jesus and Thomas, we see that we can trust God to lovingly reassure us and give us what we need and more. It's okay to have questions. God will meet us where we are. He pursues us and wants to enter into a personal relationship with each of us. Thomas doesn't seem to be reluctant to give Thomas what he needs to believe that he is Jesus. I am who I say I am. And he is alive and resurrected. After seeing Jesus, Thomas approached with humility after being presented with that new information and actually seeing and touching him. Thomas was open to change his mind, no matter how defiant he had been eight days earlier. 
Thomas received it and understand new information and understanding from Jesus, and he passionately makes a statement of faith. My Lord and my God. God is faithful. He is loving and forgiving. God is with us through the challenges of our life. Jesus says, have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. The chapter concludes that this is written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah and believing that you may have life in his name. In John chapter 10, they talks about the abundant life that's offered through the work of Jesus on the cross and by the power of the Holy Spirit is available for those who accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior. We are created to be in communion and fellowship with God. Our relationship can be fully restored as it was as we were created to be. Now the life of following Jesus is a life also of struggles. Don't get the idea that it's all rosy, but I, I myself find it to be also full of many blessings to be in fellowship with God. Through the ministry of the Holy Spirit, we are being healed, I am being healed, being reconciled for fellowship with God. And as God leads, it is possible to reconcile with others or to allow God's peace, at least, to reign in me. We may not reconcile with everyone, but God can help us find peace. Be open to God's leading in your life and what he calls you to do or what he calls you to set down. God restored Job's relationships with Thomas, God restored Job's relationships and also the relationships between Thomas and the disciples and with God were restored through Jesus' work of atonement on the cross. Jesus is commissioning and empowering the disciples to send them out to continue this ministry of reconciliation, reconnecting and healing broken relationships, mending broken things. As followers of Christ, we are being made new creations, and we're called to continue Christ's ministry of reconciliation. What keeps me from wholeheartedly proclaiming my Lord and my God and living that out? Jesus wants to assure you and answer any doubts that you might have. Take time to contemplate that deeply and have the courage to be open and responsive to what God's doing in your life. God wants to be in relationship with you and he wants us to experience community with others. As the psalmist said, he, the Lord has sent redemption to his people. God seeks reconciliation. Jesus brings the hope 
of restoration and the Holy Spirit brings healing. Jesus is sending us out to continue his ministry of reconciling the world to himself. God mends broken things. We're called to join his work. My prayer is to be open and responsive to God's presence in our lives. And may we experience reconciliation as he leads us. Mm -hmm.